With the inception and traction that blockchain and crypto has gathered, the world is possibly on the verge of the largest evolution since the mainstream of the internet. Given the fluidity and dynamic nature of this technology, business leaders, enthusiasts, and veterans all need to band together to navigate the current and upcoming storms. Participants in Web 3.0 want a trusted resource that gives them pertinent information about projects, tokens, technology, and businesses. We are business people talking the business of crypto. We are Y Whales. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, Y Whales, wherever you are in the world today. Uh, so today is Tuesday, March 31st. Uh, Bitcoin is at 28K and, and holding steady. And, and again, that's a huge relief, uh, seeing as we've come up, you know, over 10,000 uh, just in the last couple quarters. Uh, and, and while we're certainly still in a very much of a, of a bear market, and there's a lot of, you know, kind of like, hey, is this is this a bull? Is this a bear? Wherever the case is, it's a builder's market. Um, and, and so really what you have is a lot of the entrepreneurs and, and developers in the space that are really preparing for this next wave of innovation, the next wave of con consumer adoption. And one of the, the problems that we face every single day in Y Whales around education is self-custody. It's one of the main principles of Web3, which is, you know, not your keys, not your crypto, that you can actually own, truly own your identity, own your assets. But that comes with some caveats. And let's start with most people should not have full custody of these assets. Most people should not, uh, you know, are not prepared or have not thought through the responsibilities of if you lose it, it's truly gone. Or if there's a problem, if there's a hack, are they really ready for that level of responsibility? And what we've seen is some of the most uh, proficient and, and experienced people in the space still getting hacked, still having challenges. And, and so while we all dream of this blockchain, you know, utopia uh, that is promised for us of, you know, being free of fiat and free of these oppressive governments around the world, um, the reality is, is that that the services and, and regulatory requirements that, that they make us abide to do provide a lot of safety and securities. Um, that being said, while we're still working towards that blockchain utopia, uh, we have some very cool companies like CryptoLock and, and Roger here's uh, to talk, kind of talk us through what they're building and why. Um, so Roger, let me just kind of kick it right over to you. And let's before we get into CryptoLock, um, how did you get here? Like, let's talk a little bit about your history because you've got a very storied uh, background on your LinkedIn profile. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Jay. Thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, so I guess I'm a citizen of the world. Uh, I grew up in South Africa, um, studied in the U.S., uh, was one of the first people on fintech in China for for ten years. Uh, grew a fintech business. Uh, went through all the roller coaster rides of all the regulatory issues that 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 can happen in China. Um, eventually exited the business in 2018, 2019. Uh, took a break. Then I got into insurance. I I had a bad leg break, and um, basically, you know, insurance is great until you have to file a claim, and through a hefty claims process um, that inspired me to do my next startup, which was modernizing insurance companies. So we started a startup called PolicyDark, and our, our initial clients were actually uh, cyber insurance, uh, cyber insurers, mm -hmm. right? And what was interesting about that was that in the past two, three years, a lot of um, all the ransomware in, in cyber, so when there's a big data breach and a hacker is holding a large company for you know five million, ten million records, and asking you know pay me in crypto. Um, that became the inspiration for actually crypto luck became an idea of the cyber insurers who approached us because uh, my CTO had started one of the earliest blockchain analytics companies, and they said, well, you guys may know something or 
something <laughs> about uh, tracing, tracking. Your, we know you have the technology, right, to, to run these types of programs. Uh, but, you know, maybe we can put a combination of different services and technologies together to um, go after the people who are taking ransomware. So that became the inspiration for CryptoLock. And over the past nine months, you know, we've been, you know, working with global law firms, cyber incident response guys, um, different types of asset forensics, uh, understanding global regulation, hopefully, to, 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 to more of an extent, and um, an, an actual fact in developing CryptoLock. And ultimately, the basic, you know, I went around the world for nine months last year asking everybody I met in crypto, asking them, hey, what do you do when you lose your crypto? And 99.9% .9 of everybody would say, would say uh, reply, you know, I cry. I <laughs> go to the corner and I lay in the fetal position, which, you know, there isn't much of a, for the average Joe, what, and, you know, you alluded to this in the beginning of your introduction, is, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. You know, it's like not your keys, not your crypto, you own it. Uh, you are your own bank, but that also comes, okay, now how do I protect you, myself when I am my own bank? Yeah, and, and I and I really love that combination of traditional finance experience um, and understanding how, you know, kind of the insurance markets works and everywhere else. And the fact that your your current project, um, you know, company was born out of necessity from, from existing clients. And I think that that's one of the things that gets missed so often. Um, and, and with entrepreneurs is they build this perfect product. Um, and then as they go, this is, this is beautiful. It's perfect. Um, we're going to go find clients now. <laughs> and, and it takes a long time in those client engagement cycles. So, so starting off with going, Hey, we, we see a problem. We already have, you know, we're already working inside this asset class. So it's enhancement of, even though this is an offshoot of, um, it's, it's really great to see, again, you know, experienced entrepreneurs like yourself starting to come into the space. And I think it, it speaks a little bit about the need for, um, you know, kind of the, the experienced uh, entrepreneurs and the ones that understand, you know, uh, product market fits and go-to-market strategies. Um, and so it sounds like you've done fabulous. What's been some of the early successes uh, just with client engagement, you know, for, for the, the larger firms? Uh, yeah, so on the CryptoLock side, it's basically protecting the treasury. Um, it's also, so the interesting part about this is that we ultimately created a membership product to, to help clients save over 90% of the cost when it comes to um, compliance and recovery of crypto assets or, or the cost of services for crypto recovery. Basically, um, in the early days, we've <laughs> a lot of folks have come to us to help on the post breach in terms of I've already been hacked. Can you help me um, go after the crypto and connect us with the right parties and um, you know talk to the right people? So, for example, when it comes to you know getting a lawyer, you need to get a lawyer that understands cryptocurrency and blockchain, you know, and how to trace crypto assets and have someone trace the crypto assets um, for the law firm. Uh, another very interesting case is we, we've, we've had a case where um, I can't talk too much of the details, but in general, the, 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 there was a large hack, all right, tens, tens of millions of dollars. And basically, um, he has crypto insurance, right? And the insurer has not paid in over nine months now. And he's gone about um, 
claiming from insurance. The broker has not done much for him. There's been a liaison between him and the insurer. And he he did he tried to do all the forensic evidence. He tried to get all the reports himself. And the insurer has literally, you know, laid down a letter saying, we've consulted these three law firms. <laughs> and, you know, we, you know, we need more evidence, right? And so... And on a technical effect, he has all the evidence, right? He, he, he has all mm-hmm. the evidence. It just has not been um, put together, does not have the right letterhead. Uh, and a lot of time, as you and I well both know, in financial services, it's a bit of a who's who, right? So mm-hmm. uh, if, if you don't have a recognized brand name that's doing your forensics or your, um, you know, your, your cyber, your on-chain forensics, etc., then... Uh, it's hard to get the insurer to to buy over and and claim on that. So we're, we're helping on a pretty large case in in, in this case and in, in helping him um, claim per se. So we you know, we we've helped him in terms of getting the right people on board, the right law firms, um, you know, having a right strategy, talking to claims adjusters in the space to get a a better idea of you know what the the game theory of this will be and helping them along that process basically yeah it's, it's fabulous and, and I, I appreciate kind of the need to protect your clients let's, let's just dive right into to crypto lock and and you know hit us with that elevator pitch of exactly you know what you do the services and and you know kind of that, that clear walkthrough you do and then I've got a whole bunch of questions on what's going on behind the scenes yeah, definitely. So CryptoLock, uh, we're a membership-based service that we're the only membership-based service in this in this um, in this in, in Web three that will help you save over ninety percent of uh, compliance and recovery expenses in the event of a breach or hack or rug pull. So if you you know, if you lost your crypto, uh, we have a network of elite partners and we'll streamline the entire recovery process um, for you to. Uh, recover your crypto. So, in the, in short, we provide you the best of the best uh, to go and and recover your crypto. Um, and the, and the best of the best is you know geographically spread out. So it depends who, where, how, where your crypto is landed. Um, you know, should we go after them? In the crim- we develop a whole strategy um, th- through this. And th- th- these are services that are. Uh, frankly, not new. A lot of you know the major exchanges have these services. When there's been a hack of, you know, in the fifty hundreds of millions of dollars, um, a lot of the exchanges will end up sp- spending at least quarter half a million dollars on these types of services. In actual fact, so we we're, we're, we're streamlining those types of services and making it affordable for the average Joe to go and basically. Yeah, understand where and how uh, what's happened to crypto and go after the perpetrator, actually. So bringing more accountability to the space. I, I love that. So let's start off with with some of the um, misconceptions, so that that people yeah. understand, you know, the the, the world of what you live Lots in. Of yeah. Um, yeah. Because because in in your in your space, which I believe is highly uh, you know needed and and you know really is part of what Web three needs is somebody to help protect first, um, and then do some due diligence afterwards. There's a lot of scammers. We see them all the time. And you know, I, I thank you for coming on here, and it showcases that you did come on here to talk about this because um, we have a lot of people. I'm like, absolutely, you can recover all crypto, 100 percent of it. Great, come on. 
on in and let's talk about it. We never see those people. Um, so let's start off with with there are some, um, you know, what what are some of the hacks that that are recoverable and what are some of the ones that are not recoverable? Yeah, look, um, so first first misconception is I always tell people, like, listen, you know, and this was really unbelievable for me last year where, you know, when I asked everyone what you do when you lose your crypto and everyone says, well, I don't know, you know, I, I cry. The irony of the situation is crypto is on a decentralized ledger. It's a blockchain. It's 100% transparent. And, uh, you know, I, I joke and I say, like, you know, like if you are going to launder money, don't use crypto because <laughs> you know it is all it is all traceable. The technology is out there to go through mixes, tornado cash, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, okay. Second of all, is we provide the services that everyone would need. Okay. If if the, and and we've broken it up down into three three separate stages. But to be totally, it's not a it's not a one hundred percent foolproof guarantee. If your crypto lands up in North Korea or Russia, yeah, I'm, I'm very sorry. You know, it's going to be very tough. Uh, but at least the least we could do is blacklist those wallets, and it would be harder for that person to change it to cash one day. Okay, um, and, and and also on that point, that's that's where crypto regulations going is that VASPs, uh, virtual asset service providers, uh, the KYCA among implications on them. In the past year or so, especially in light of uh, FTX, Three Arrows, you know Celsius, all these guys, is going through the roof. Okay, so in this industry, they're called hops. A hop is mm-hmm. uh, every transaction that's called a hop. It used to be two hops. It used to be three hops. Five, ten, fifteen, twenty hops now of you know uh, providence on your crypto is not uh, un- uncommon. Un- uh, uncommon these days. So, uh, yeah, look, but if, if, uh, you know, if your crypto lands up in Panama or say Rio de Janeiro, you have a chance. And if it's an ex- yeah. on an exchange, you even have a bigger chance actually. So as you just have to go through the right process and talk to the right people to go and, um, put the pressure on and have the, um, you know, impartial third party evidence that will make these people bend to your will, per se, right? And sometimes that has to come with the threat of saying, if you don't do this, I will sue you and I will make public everything that you're doing, right? So, um, or I will report you to the regulator and I have the clout to do that. Now, you need the right people involved for, for things of that nature to happen. Yeah. So, so, and again, and, and I think that's a perfect, uh, you know, kind of segue to understand is that you still have to bring in the human element. We, we still, you know, yes. again, it's once it's identified and you find where it is, you know, hopefully it, it's gone into an exchange. If it goes into an exchange, then, then that's the easy thing that they have compliance departments that you can contact and, and work through that with them. The, the problem is, is when it, it moves a couple, uh, a few hops and then sits in a wallet. Um, if it's just going to sit in that wallet and sometimes it sits there for years, you know, there, there is no technology that can get past those seed keys, can get past the cryptography. And I think that's really a good point that you've made that it, it, it does need to move and it does need to, to kind of go um, into something that is recognizable or at least identifiable. Yeah, definitely. And like there are, so on, on that point, there are also ways to um, go after that wallet, right? So, or at least have a, you know, there's, there's usually always a digital trace with these things, right? Or yeah, So mm. a wallet needs an IP address, an IP address is linked to 
you know, has certain distance to a node and, and such and so forth. So there's this bit of like detective work in triangulating where um, the, the thing, where the crypto has gone. As soon as we can get an identifier on that wallet, uh, this person, uh, crypto is now rec recognized as property. So this person is dealing with is dealing with an illicit asset that's been stolen. So, um, and if that's so, that can be proved in the court of law. And if that's proved in the court of law, if he does want to return the crypto, then okay, fine. You know, we can go after. You can freeze his bank accounts. We can go after his car, his house, or his other assets, essentially. So I, I think that's also a very key part. And that regulation really only got updated. Uh, in most jurisdictions, two to three years ago. That's amazing. So, so we know, you know, kind of everyone has that moment where they go, "Oh crap!" And and you know, I, I've I've you know fell for fake uh, smart contracts and and fake mints, and you know, had had a variety of things happen. And and you know, knock on wood, never had a, a full loss, but you know, had it been like clicked on the wrong thing and go, "Oops, there goes that." Um, but but talk about the prevention side of this because you know the recovery is is really the hard part. Um, but I think most people never want to get to that point. Uh, and you guys yeah. have a couple of products around keeping <laughs> your crypto, your crypto. Yeah. No, um, so, so talk talk yeah. through those. So first number one is we also provide wallet screening. Um, this is also something that everybody should know. <laughs> is before you transact, or if someone's going to send you, or you send crypto, you should make sure that he's sending it from a clean wallet because. KYC AML is literally going through the roof in this space, right? So, if even if if you could send crypto from a wallet that is maybe within five or six hops of an illicit transaction, you could be tainted, and it's almost like your iPhone being stolen and you brick your iPhone, right? That is going to be very hard for you to basically um, convert that crypto to fiat on any legitimate type of exchange, okay? Mm -hmm. Uh, the second part of this is uh, uh, transaction monitoring, right? So uh, the faster you act when something happens, when a when a rug pull, crime, fat finger, or however you may, crypto is being moved from your wallet address, the faster you act, um, you know, the, the higher likelihood and chance you have of of recovering crypto. So just just like your credit card, if someone were to swipe your credit card, you would get an SMS, you know, and Actually, this has happened to me twice in the past year where, where I've had to replace two credit cards. Um, someone swiping my card at an Apple store in Hong Kong when I'm in, you know, when I'm in Singapore, right? So, um, you, ha you can freeze and, and, and act on that transaction. If you let it go for two, three, four, five months, you know, it's, it's very hard to reverse that transaction. So, uh, similar concept to crypto. If your crypto starts moving, you would get an SMS um, from from us saying, you know, did you authorize this transaction? Do you know you're sending crypto to a sanctioned entity? Do you know, um, you know, do you know this crypto is being moved? Did you authorize this? If so, did you? If not, if you did not authorize this, begin the recovery process immediately and and you know start tracing basically. That's amazing. So, you know, and I think that's really an interesting point because wallets have are, are really like simplistic um, in nature at this point. You know, there's there's no, you can't hook an email address up to it. You can't hit, hook any alerts up to it. You know, you can do Etherscan or, or you know, sign, sign yourself up. But I'm going to say a majority of, of users in the space, um, you know, are, are very basic in nature. And and while some, I know people that hold millions of dollars of crypto, they, they've never logged into Etherscan. They don't know how to use it. 
Um, you know, they they bought a bunch of things on on Coinbase or Kraken, uh, migrated it to a wallet, and they just leave it sitting there because they go, hey, in five years, this is this is this is my goal. Um, but without some sort of monitoring service, you know, they could come in five years later, and that thing was stolen on day two. So, you know, how does that how does that work for the the monitoring? It just you're just watching wallets that are uh, uh, from your members. Yeah, exactly. So um, the unique part of what we do is uh, we 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 charge per wallet per say per, per membership per wallet basically. So we the wallets I'm need to trouble. be pre-registered with us. <laughs> the, the 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 wallets need to pre-registered with us. We monitor it, and um, it, any likelihood or event, we would we would uh, notify you. That's awesome. So, talk through some of the um, some of the stories because I'm sure you have a lot of them of of either some some of the successes as well as some of the the challenges you guys have faced. You know, with some some clients because you've been in the space now for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it's, it's been a couple months um, already. So you know, some of the successes are you know on the consulting side, helping folks go and recover the crypto, um, protecting treasury wallets. Uh, you know, we, we're doing a lot of education on, you know, crypto insurance and how, <laughs> how you know, how useful or non-useful it can be and how to supplement, you know, for, so, for example, a lot of the custody solutions, the BitGoes, Fireblocks, Coppers of the World or, 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 or a lot of others um, do come with some sort of insurance, but actually understanding what that insurance entails and actually how to use it because, if you are to claim on that insurance, you, you're going to spend, you, you you will ultimately have to prove to the insurer. And the insurer is not going to pay you millions of dollars um, overnight. Okay, so th- there are those challenges where you where you do have to um, go through it. We, we've also had large crypto gaming companies, when talks to some large crypto gaming companies, saying, like, we want to have a create a safe haven for our tokens, for our games, we don't want our users to be worried. We, you know, we we need um, some sort of uh, mechanism to basically. We don't have a compliance team, and we need to prove to the regulator that we're not doing anything illicit or illegal, right? So, uh, those are you know some of the you know wins or winning sides that that we are coming on. Uh, I think another challenging side of this is um, we ultimately are bringing transparency. Uh, to the market, right? And that may not work out in the best of nature for um, VASPs or that are, you know, um, misappropriating or mismanaging clients' funds. Do they have to clean up? Are they going to self-implicate themselves? So, yeah, it, it is quite tough to find that 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 honest, to find that VASP that, that wants to preempt the market. I ultimately do believe that everyone is, this is where we're going, right? This is to a point of, DeFi, self-custody, non-centralized things. If it is centralized, it's going to be highly regulated. Uh, if it is highly regulated, you do need to have all the reports, all the monitoring, need to say to an auditor, like, I'm prepared for a breach, um, and I have, you know, these the services on, on standby. So that's, you know, that that's kind of, um, you know, so some of the challenges. And, of course, also, you know, like, us being a pretty new service, um, you know, how do we price it? What is the kind of price point um, for folks? We are we over engineering a lot of things because we do, you know, our full coverage goes up to 
$200,000 worth of services, right? So, so the concept also of insurance in this market and, you know, they always say insurance is not, is, is not bought. It's, it's, you know, it's sold, right? So yeah. um, just trying to educate folks on this is why you do need uh, this, this type of product. Yeah, and I don't think this is on on you know totally brand new. It, it may be slightly different in in the Web three space, but I mean, like you know, people will say I'm I'm stupid, but I, I have LifeLock, yeah. um, and I, I have a variety of other services that monitor my credit. But but LifeLock, I, I pay a monthly fee, and it does the monitoring. And and if there's a problem, then then you know it's got that built in insurance that they're going to go deal with it. That's all they do. That's all that law firm does. And I, I just it makes me feel good to pay my little whatever fee a month. Um, for myself and, and, and my family, um, just just to sit there and monitor our, our social security numbers and make sure that our credit's not being used in a, in a appropriate 100%. way. And it does a couple other fun things, but this is a very this is almost the the same similar model, meaning that like hopefully everything's fine. But in the event something's not, um, you know, then here's the team that is automatically going to engage. Versus, you know, if if something does happen to my credit or something does happen to my crypto, then you have to kind of start from from scratch, um, going who am I going to find to help? Right, with this? and you know. The, you know the caveat here is that if you if you are on your own and you want to go about it in your own way, you know that's that's a maze. It is it is uh, you know finding the right people, getting in touch with the right contacts, um, doing things in the right order. Um, you know we we've we've had stories where you know someone had high level contacts at the FBI. Uh, it was already a few million dollars. And basically, for the FBI, that's a small case. You know, they're, they're not too concerned about you, the premises, yeah. and but they are concerned about the big few hundred million dollar hack that you know that would make someone's career within the FBI, right? And the irony with that is that if the person were to use the you know, um, pri- you know, go through a law firm and go through our streamlined services, they would have there's a high likelihood they would have recovered the crypto essentially. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I love web three. Like I love, I love blockchain. I love everything that we're doing. I, I just will say there's, there's a couple major problems inside web three. And I always say that it's two of the largest, not the only, but two of the largest is, is bridges and wallets. Um, I, I have yet to see, and, and I'm, I see all the new wallets that are coming out. I've worked with a bunch of teams and, and, you know, I, I just say that, that every wallet is, is just, falling short um, from actual where cons- what consumers need. Because as you well know, um, you know, number one, you're charging by the wallet um, and, and that's, that's fine. Um, but I have dozens and dozens and dozens of wallets. Right. And, you know, I do that to kind of mo- keep my assets around in, in a variety of ways. Um, a, so I know, you know, which is which and I expose, you know, which, which wallet I want to, uh, which, which deal. Um, but at the end of the day, that's, that's not easy for me. And it's, it's also hard for you. Um, you know, what's your thoughts on kind of where, you know, what, what the best system is, um, for managing your digital assets? Is it just put them all in one or, you know, use one seed key and do a variety of sub wallets or should it be entirely different seed keys, um, across a variety so, of wallets? Yeah, I, I personally think you got to diversify, right? You have to have different wireless, different types of storage, um, moving around, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so you know, like this, the space is constantly evolving. Um, you know, we've we've had there's so many cases of where even with wallet with new wallet software that someone actually mimics a wallet software, installs a malware, and creates their own site <laughs> to to download. We you know we've we've uh, ran into cases where 
um, with WhatsApp. Someone created their own WhatsApp uh, download uh, malware and implanted malware. And all that, all the WhatsApp malware did was when someone um, sends a Bitcoin or crypto wallet address, it just changes the address to their wallet. So ultimately, you're sending crypto to 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 that malware uh, installation's uh, wallet. So so also the unique thing with CryptoLock is that we can also customize um, a lot of the offerings. So we can sell in bulk. Um, so if you have 10, 15, 20 wallets, and we've already built the technology to to manage all the memberships or policies around this product. Okay. So, you know, if you're moving from one wallet to another, this one becomes redundant, re- irrelevant. You can cancel this wallet, move it to another. Um, and, you know, we, what's, what, so what's also interesting for the consumer side, at least in the, you know, um, we've, we've broken up the coverage to stage one, stage two and stage three, but we, we can make membership uh, pretty cost effective actually. So we can, for a few dollars a month, right, per wallet. Uh, hope, hopefully that's not too much. Um, you know, or as if you want full, full coverage for, for something, it can go a bit higher to a few few hundred dollars, right, per, per wallet per month, depending on how important that wallet is. So, you know, if it is like your ledger in a vault <laughs> somewhere that is your kind of reset savings type of thing, you should have a lot more coverage on it. Yeah, and I think it's really hard um, for users right now. And, and you know, to be clear, we're, I don't believe we're in mainstream or even close to mainstream yet for, for cryptocurrencies or, or blockchain technologies. I think we have a long way to go um, because it's just not a safer system. And now what you're doing, I believe, is is definitely moving us in the right direction because you're helping with a little bit of the, you know, preventing some of these things from happening. Um, but but also kind of the, the, hey, immediately what happens, let's, let's make sure it stops. And even if you can't stop that one, hopefully they're, you know, you're identifying and stopping others. Because at the end of the day, it's still, you know, humans at the other end of this that are, that are stealing it. And there's only so many of them that are you know, kind of working in the space like this. Um, they're just very efficient and they're very, very good at what they do. And it comes a lot from most users just total lack of understanding of the space and the thought of this this security theater that that isn't there like yes the cryptography is is immutable you're not going to get through it no one's going to hack into your wallet but most likely you're going to give it away no right is the reality you know i I think that's that's a very important point right for for mass adoption in the space people do need to feel safe right and uh you can't have safety without any accountability so you know hacking or crypto crimes are increasing over 60% year on year and only about 5% are being recovered. Now that's also due to a lot of lack of education. So it's, you know, a lack of education, a lack of awareness of the services that are out there, um, lack of affordability of these types of services because they are very specialized at the moment. Um, so yeah, you know, definitely to, to for global crypto adoption to increase definitely um, needs to people do definitely do feel safer. And at the same time, we need to, and part of this is bringing perpetrators to justice at the end of the day, right? So, yeah, if you, if you, if you, like, I, I grew up in South Africa, right? So <laughs> you, if you, if you steal a car or, you know, something, you, you could be, a, you go in jail and you out in a week, right? So that's why it's one of the highest um, crime rates in the world. So this needs to, you know, we, we do need some sort of enforcement here in, in crypto. 
Yeah, and 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 it's it's there's a lot of different ways to to you know steal crypto. Um, you know that's why I'm I'm always so concerned about it. You know there's there's entire wallets that I I, I move things to, and I just you know, remove, remove them and, and just hide the, the seed keys away. And those go into cold storage and, and that's where they kind of need to be. And it's not that I don't want to have more active use of some of these assets. Some of them are NFT, some of these things, um, but you really have to be very proactive. And so I find myself spending way less time in the space, you know, nowadays than I did before. Um, because all it takes is one or two hacks to kind of really disenfranchise yeah. user. And, and this is all I do all day long is work in Web3. And there's a lot of people like yourself that come in and they go, hey, here's my project, here's my protocol, I, I'd, I'd love you to test it. And, and I go, that's great. And I, you know, I'll look at it and I'll look at the code and I go, okay, I understand how it works and I just move on. You know, because it's one of those things that, that even for the best intentions, right. and that's the, the scariest part, is even just signing that certificate and having used it, um, can can months or months later, someone can go in and adjust that signing and the certificate. And without your knowledge, you can be in cold storage at the time. Um, you know, can can do some malicious things uh, to your wallets and assets. And and I I only know some of these tricks, um, but but I'm sure you can tell tell us you know how dangerous this stuff is. Yeah, no, definitely. And you know, so you'd be surprised at so, like how many um, OGs in the space, right? So like. There's a lot of guys putting up uh, uh, in the past year. Speaking to a lot of people, a lot of guys putting up a brave face. <clears throat> you know, the, the so-called experts. But then, <laughs> when I mentioned, "Hey, this is what I'm developing," I, I, you know, at least a lot of the time, I get the man. I wish I knew about this fifty-five, six months ago because, yeah, you know, casually, I we got an NF hundred fifty thousand AFT got stolen or. I got a free airdrop into my MetaMask and I clicked the wrong button and suddenly my whole MetaMask got emptied. Or, you know, we set up a hedge fund and $6 million went missing, right? <laughs> so, you know, and, and these are the so-called, these are the experts in the, in the space. Um, and I, I don't claim to be an expert. I, I'm definitely an enthusiast. But it always just reminds me of, of you know, Mike Tyson saying is that, you know, everyone has a plan until... Until they get punched in the face, then what do you do, right? So yeah, um, and and part of the value proposition of what we say is like, yeah, let's let's make the best of the best affordable and get them to bat for you. So if you do get, you know, if something does happen to you, you're not you're not like crying <laughs> or laying in the fetal position in the corner. You know, what I mean, you you're being proactive about what you're doing, and it, it almost also brings me back to. The 2008 um, financial crisis, where it's it's almost like, well, overnight everyone lost a lot of money, but everyone didn't know how a bank worked, you know, right? And what were CDOs? What were all these three-letter? What were ninja loans? Things like that, right? So part of this is understanding, having the awareness and the education, and taking and having the responsibility and and having um, and being armed to understand what to do with that responsibility, right? Yeah, I think that's, I, I think the, the part you just talked about having a plan is so needed in the space when you're kind of saying, hey, I, I'm raising my hand and saying, I want a custody, I, I want to handle this. And one of the funny things that just happens to me every now and then is, you know, we have, we have you know, 13 plus hundred members all around the world. Um, generally, you know, for a lot of these, we're, we're their only kind of Web3 resource. 
Um, so, you know, they, they watch our podcast, they come onto our, our private events and, 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 you know, kind of work with us on the discord and, you know, probably once a quarter, if not a little bit more often, um, I'll just find a whole bunch of random things show up in, in the whales.eth uh, address and and you know or I'll get an email like hey something my wallet was acting weird things were disappearing I didn't know what else uh, to do I just sent everything to Y Whales and and you know I always of course let's go look at this let's take the contract let's see oh yep it looks like what was happening here yes you did save some of your assets and and you know great that you remembered our .eth and sent it over that's not the best backup <laughs> you know that's yeah. like it's great you know me and I'm I'm absolutely going to send it send it back to you and we've we've done a lot of those recoveries. Um, but, but it's also kind of, it showcases that you do need to have exit plans. You do need to have like, oh crap, I just clicked on this. I think I'm exposed. What do I do now? And, and so, you know, I'd love to hear kind of how you educate your members on, on that, what to do when you suddenly believe there's a problem. Yeah. So when, when you believe there's a problem, we basically say, let's begin the trace immediately and see what's going on. How's it, how's the crypto moving, you know? Um, is it staying in one place? Is it continuously moving? A lot of these hackers are very sophisticated, so the the you know it's you know thousands of wallet addresses moving and moving and moving. Um, thankfully, a lot of the tracing technology these days is is pretty has come a long way, right? So um, we can ultimately uh, trace it, right? But that's that's ultimately where our service um, hopefully brings its value is that, you know, once that breach happens, like, go for it. Yeah, begin immediately, right? Just don't, don't, don't sit around and wait. And, and once you, yeah, there's a, there's a big difference when you are the antagonist versus being, you know, being the, the, being proactive about something instead of being the victim and being, being reactive Right. And, um, yeah, you know, bring that expertise available to, to the average show. Roger, this is, this is so much fun. You know, again, we talk to so many people all the time that, and they're struggling with this. I mean, they're really, um, you know, they, they love the idea of web three. They love the, the concept of blockchain and crypto and, and they're, they're either, they've heard horrible stories or they've had something bad happen to them. And it's really hard, um, to kind of move past that at a certain um, you, you had a you know a couple of good stories uh, already, and I'd love if you have any more just to kind of talk about those plans. You know what it takes to plan and why they need to plan. Um, you know if, if you've got any more because I, I think those are so relevant. Yeah, yeah. So so as I was saying, like you know, uh, yeah, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. So for example, um, one of our one of our clients, um, you know, two three years ago, they were pretty much bragging to the market that they had uh, crypto insurance and one of the first persons to offer crypto insurance on their custodial types of solutions and then suddenly got hacked and then suddenly they found out that crypto insurance was not what it is uh, advertised or ought to be, right? And, to and you know, it's, it's a very interesting thing because insurers eye this market, they... They um, they would definitely want to get in. Uh, we we talked to a lot of them, and they they also get in haphazardly. So they they adjust they they've adjusted policies that were otherwise used for other purposes and brought it to a crypto context. And those policies are very hard to prove uh, or very hard to 
um, or very very low risk percentage on on that risk event actually actually happening. So, um, you, you know, in this certain case, the client hasn't been paid out in over you know eight eight months. They've gone about getting different types of forensic or types of evidence from outfits that are not respected by the insurer. The insurer has enlisted three different law firms to to um, to to hope because this is the first claim on the portfolio and uh, sizable claim per se. <laughs> they, they've they've they never really planned to pay on any of of these policies that they've enlisted law firms to kind of protect themselves, right? So isn't this just so typical <clears throat> of, uh, you, you know, like the large traditional world of so bullying new innovation, right? So we, we've also acted as a type of a wedge and a niche in terms of bringing impartiality to the situation as well as using the same vendors that the insurer otherwise would use so there would not be a reason of doubt in this certain instance. So this was something... And and I'm sorry to say this this client of ours has has basically spent a lot of money with the wrong vendors, and if he had some, and not only money but the time, it's the stress, it's the you know he has to explain to shareholders, it's he has to explain to his clients. You can imagine the the amount of emotional stress someone goes through in these types of instances. So um, that's also where we found a lot of value for our for our services, and <laughs> I've always thought like. I mean, again, what brought me back into insurance is like insurance is great until you have to claim. Yeah. <laughs> then, then that's yeah, it, it, until you, you use you sleep it, right? Good at so, night. Yeah, you're you're going to exactly, sleep good exactly. and, and showcase that the policy. But um, I always say insurance is just a really expensive one. Um, so it's you know they'll they'll pay it out yeah, sometimes, but but don't worry, they're going to get it back and, and and more. So it's it's a tough deal even in traditional insurance uh, rates. Um, so, so Roger, as someone who's a professional in the space, you, you spend a lot of time in this, you think about this, you, you've worked in and around the industry. Um, over the next couple of years, as we continue to see you know, innovation, we continue to see adoption, hopefully global adoption, starting to hit the real numbers that we need to, um, which is not yep. you know, the same million people and, and a couple couple people on exchanges. We actually see people using, using it for tickets, using it for uh, you know, purchases and purchasing in stores. Like we actually see, you know, credit card, traditional credit cards, you know, being replaced by, by, by blockchain based wallets and other things. What's kind of your thoughts of, of some of the things that are needed or just, you know, around the, the concepts of, of what it takes to get that global adoption? Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. You know, one of our partners in, in the kind of cyber incident response um, things said, basically like, the war hasn't changed, right? We've been, you know, in terms of financial, cyber, data, whatever, war hasn't changed. It's just the context of war has changed, right? So um, in crypto, same thing, right? There's still financial wars. There's scams. There's, this, you know, uh, economic yeah. whatever, right? So, um, so, so that's exactly the case. For this global adoption is in terms of, like, type called crypto police for lack of a better word <laughs> that, that ultimately will be able to um, um, provide a lot of the enforcement. And I still say to folks, you know, the metaverse is great, but your physical body cannot be uploaded to the metaverse yet. So you still live in the real yes. world. And 
yeah, not yet, right? But we we know that's coming, right? And uh, but you you know you're still in the real world, and if you're if if you you know if your life sucks in the real world, it's quite inhibitive for what you do in the metaverse at 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 the end of the day. So yeah, like I think you know compliance, KYC, AML. I, I think in the past year or so, we've seen the reaction from governments, um, FTX, all these types of things have sparked a whole outpour. Singapore, that used to be such a crypto-friendly nation, the MAS is kind of, um, you know, uh, basically um, starting to put up a lot of red tape and and uh, and things like that. So, um, there's... The, so that's on one side, it could be construed as a good thing, as construed as an inhibitor. At the same time, navigating around uh, these types of um, compliance laws uh, needs to, you know, that education needs to transcend into um, the average show or the new start crypto startup on, you know, how and when, what, why and how to do it, basically, right? Yeah, I, I love I love that answer, and, and you know we're big fans of of compliance and regulation, and I think that too often it gets a bad name, um, and it gets bad name from the people that are trying to do maliciously bad things. And so right. I would say that anyone, you know, I, I think Brian Armstrong is really coming out and saying like we're fine to be regulated, like we have no issue, KYC, AML, OFAC, like hundred percent, bring it on. Um, we just need some rules to play by so that we can make sure that we're we're filing the the correct uh, the, the correct paperwork, everyone's paying the correct taxes, and I think. That that really throws uh, you know a lot of a lot of people off because they don't they don't understand oh this this should be a tax free system it's not going to it's never going to be you're just using a different form of currency but it's essentially the same deal um, and and I think you said something earlier that I really loved which is this is not a better system of what's to do fraud if you want to go do malicious bad things there's pieces of paper that you know, the various governments will give you um, that are, are untraceable and you can go do lots of terrible things with those um, and and they are completely like move you know, pallets of cash around. All the governments do it specifically so that it can't have any electronic footprint. Um, crypto, as you said earlier, is, is one of the worst. Um, you can trace these things and you can trace them for years. I mean, they, they've they recovered uh, stolen crypto years later. I mean, I, I think you're definitely getting much more efficient at it and we're, we're getting better tools, systems, and, and understanding. Um, but that being said, I, I, it's the Wild West still. And so, you know, we, we talk quite a bit about what does it take for, for institutional adoption. And the, the general way that I say is, you know, for these large institutions or family offices, I said, you know, would you take 10% of your, of your fund or your treasury and would you put that into a bank account? Um, and they generally ask which bank. And I say, you know, pick anyone you like. Sure. We'll, we'll, we'll put $10 million in there. Cool. Would you put $10 million into USDC? And, and generally the conversation ends. And, and that right. just showcases that it doesn't matter. Like we're, we're on Fireblocks. I love it. I think it's great. I think they're one of the greatest, you know, custody s- situations out there with, with rules and regulations. And, and I mean, my God, do they do a good job? Um, we've recorded a couple of podcasts with them, but at the end of the day, even sitting on chain, there's still, is, is there a problem with USDC? They don't know. Is there a problem with, with various, you know, things that we don't, we're not even aware of yet. And so I think that we're still so early, um, that, that gaining, you know, what you've guys have done at CryptoLock and as well as others that we're just trying to create at least a, a fair playing field and also try to give some incentives for people to want to be in on blockchain and also disen, disenfranchise some of the bad actors from, from seeing and, and making this such an easy target. Cause right now it's just too easy. Yeah, and 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 on quickly on that point, it's also like if you ask a large FI to 
put 10% of the deposits in USDC or any type of crypto, then again, it comes back to the point of, hey, what type of insurance do I have on, on, on that deposit, right? And, you know, this past uh, week or so, we've seen two banks go, go under, yeah. right? So, so uh, yeah, that's, and, and then again, and I'm talking, I mean, the insurers are trying to be an innovator, innovators in the space, but I can tell you firsthand when, after dealing and selling and working with insurers, um, this isn't a, a hit or on them or anything. They need to be ultra conservative, right? So for them to provide products into crypto, it is, yeah, it's going to be an ultra conservative product where you definitely have to read every single line of the fine, fine print. Otherwise, you need to know what you're signing up for here. That's, that's all I can say. Yeah, which is which is which is uh, crazy in this one, right? Um, Roger, I thank you so much for coming by today. This is this has been absolutely fabulous. Where where can people find you if they want to learn more? Yeah, please email me um, Roger at cryptoluck uh, AI. Check out our website www.cryptoluck.ai. Uh, definitely can you know we we would love to see how we can um, help more protect. Also, we also issue digital certificates for folks who have their crypto monitored. So if they wanted to prove that to, to their clients that, you know, there's no misappropriation, if something would happen, uh, there would be a whole transaction report of what would happen to funds. And, and so ultimately bringing, you know, as again, transparent, you know, safety through transparency and enforcement base. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Why Wheels, this is Roger and CryptoLock. Um, thank you so much. We'll see you guys next time. Be good. And thanks again for having me on, Jay. Great conversation. Anytime. Why Wales was founded in 2021 by Jay Steinbeck, a passionate entrepreneur and business owner with the purpose of bringing YPO and YNG members together in the cryptoverse. YWales is a collaborative and confidential community centered around cryptocurrencies and blockchain technology, an exclusive crypto hub of more than 600 members. To be notified when we release new content, please subscribe to our show in your preferred listening app. For more information, visit www.ywales.com. YWales is not affiliated with YPO, but at this time only allow for YPO, YPO Gold, and YNG members due to privacy and confidentiality. Support and production for today's episode was done by Truthwork Media. Nothing in the podcast constitutes professional and or financial advice, nor does any information on the podcast constitute a comprehensive or complete statement of the matters discussed or the law relating thereto.